Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman, former perfectionist, people pleaser, and rule follower who woke up one day and realized I'd been living somebody else's dream because of my fear of stepping outside the lines. That's why I started this podcast, to interview authors, entrepreneurs, and everyday people who learn to overcome their fears and obstacles in order to live the life of their dreams, to shine the light on how we can live the life of our dreams. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Beacons of Bravery podcast. Today is a solo episode, and although I'm going to be talking about running a lot, and the metaphor for that in your life. I'm hoping that you can substitute whatever in your life has been the through line that kind of gave you peace or joy in your life. So I started running for less than noble reasons for sure. An eating disorder had me in its grips and that's how I found the best way to burn calories. So Running was my friend. But my favorite route in my hometown was along the river. My hometown was Lebanon, Oregon. And I just loved the flow of the river. And I went with it. And that's been kind of a theme of my life. Always in the first few miles, it was torture. And I was huffing and puffing, and I used mantras to get me through. And my first mantra was, I can do all things who Christ who gives me strength. And that got me through many, many a mile. But then I had the glimpses of ease, where my feet would still be churning underneath me. But it was kind of an out-of-body experience where I, I just was in flow, And it was like euphoria. And I searched for that time and time again after that because it was such a great thing. So again, put your own story in here. What was it as a child that gave you peace and that you could lose yourself into? Uh, Another thing of mine was reading. I love to get lost in books, but it could be anything. Just make it your own story. But I'm going <clears> to <throat> go on here. The runner's high, or aka flow, that I was after didn't happen every time. It was like one out of 15 or 20 runs that I went on. But when it happened, it was magical. And because I could run long distances, I had never been a soccer player, but in order to play soccer, you know, you have to run. So I made the team because I could run mile after mile. And that ended up being a really good thing. So I appreciate that experience. So that's high school. Let's fast forward to college. The summer between high school and college, I was meant to be on the college cross-country team where I went, which was Seattle Pacific University in pretty much downtown Seattle. It was Queen Anne Hill, whatever. 
So they sent me the training program. I was a nanny in Utah and I did every mile of that program, but I started to feel insecure and like, I'm not going to be able to do this. So when I got to college, I was like, no, I'm not going to run cross country. So I didn't. Instead, I was looking to make some extra money and we had a like job board posted and there was a, a guy that was a nurse and he needed somebody to watch his daughter after school until he got off his evening shift at 11 something. Well, I didn't have a car in college and so I would strap on my backpack full of textbooks at like four o'clock in the afternoon and I would run my way to his houseboat that he lived on and on that run I had to negotiate like draw bridges fumes all kinds of stuff and it was probably like four or five miles not not too bad but I got there and then I would watch his daughter help her with homework and stuff until he got home from work. She'd be asleep and then he would drive me back to school. So running came in handy for me, for sure. That was my first year of college. And then I transferred to a state school in Oregon and basically transferred everything to science. And I was gonna be a physical therapy major and I kind of let running go by the wayside. I still would do it from time to time, but it wasn't a main part of my life. And I was pretty lost at that time. And they definitely correlate to when I'm running and consistent and when I'm lost. So if that's you in that thing in your life that gives you joy and peace, know that, you know, when you're not doing it, something's probably off. So then fast forward to PT school, physical therapy school. I moved to Houston, Texas, which is quite a climate change from the Pacific North Northwest. But I kept running and, you know, things were hectic in graduate school, you have a very stringent schedule, but I would run from time to time and I didn't live in like the best neighborhood, but I had kind of a safe route around me. And so I would run that from time to time. And that ended up <laughs> leading to a like weird stalkerish situation Somebody was monitoring when I would run and then broke into our apartment when I wasn't there and would like take personal items. It was very weird. But I also had another route that I had to drive drive to, which was again along some water. It was a bayou in Houston and I would do mile after mile, but one day I ran by a curled up water moccasin and I about died. I mean, I do not like snakes at all. So never ran there again, but um, then I graduated from 
physical therapy school and I took a traveling job and ended up in West Texas for my first job, which is desert, if you don't know. And there are a lot of rattlesnakes around there. And I was warned, but, you know, I needed to keep running. So I went out time after time and I saw many rattlesnakes and luckily never got bit by one. But uh, snakes are definitely my nemesis. I'm going to keep fast forwarding here. One of my last travel jobs, I ended up in Dallas, Texas, and that is where I met my husband, and we ended up living in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I became pregnant with my daughter, and I had to keep running, (laughs) and I ran until I was about six months pregnant, and then it just got to be too uncomfortable. So I rode a recumbent bike for hour after hour and didn't quite do the same thing, but it it was okay. Then she was born, and once I got the okay after she was born, I started running again, pushing her in a stroller and having our lab dog on a leash. So that was fun. but. did many miles like that. And then I thought, you know what? I've been running all these years. Why don't I do a marathon? And why don't I do a marathon before she turns one year old? So I signed up for the Houston Marathon, which was in January. She was going to turn one in February. So I trained. And at the time, my job, I was on a wound care team. It's kind of hard to explain, but I went into work at 4.30 in the morning and I got off at 1.30 in the afternoon. So I would go run at a park from like 1.30 to 3.30 and then pick her up. So I got my miles in and I was scheduled to run the Houston Marathon in January. And I did it. And my husband and my daughter were there and my friend who I was training with. But most training programs that you go through will only have you run up to 20 miles. Some may go up to 22, but the one I was going through was only 20 miles. So at about three weeks before you run the marathon, which is 26.2 miles, you run 20 miles, but in my head, I thought, I mean, I can run 20 miles. I've done that, but what if I can't do that final stretch? So still went into it with fear and trepidation, (laughs) but, uh, got to Houston that day and it was cold, which I love. I love running in the cold. It was like 40 some degrees and started out and it was good. But a part of me started doubting, like, I might not be able to finish this, and that'll be terrible, whatever. And if you know much about running marathons and all that kind of stuff, they talk about the wall, the wall that you hit. Usually it's 
mile, maybe 20, 20 to 24, somewhere in there, where you feel like you really can't take another step. Well, it probably got to mile 21, 22, something like that. And one of my physical therapy school classmates, John, he hopped out of the crowd and he started running with me. And step by step, probably up until probably mile 25. And he just was like, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. And so because of his help, I did make it till the end, which was 26.2 miles. I don't know if I could have done it without him. I mean, I was really worried, like, I can't do this. The whole point of that story is I needed the help of a friend right then. When you have a big goal and you don't know the exact path and you've never actually done it before, it really helps to have a friend along the way. So my whole goal with this entire podcast is to let you know that it's okay to reach out and to get help from a friend. Especially if you're going for a goal that no one around you has done and you haven't done either. So I hope it helps and that you can put yourself in your own story and that this whole running analogy hasn't gotten too annoying for you. But thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you would go and rate and review the show and also share it with somebody who you think would benefit from listening to the message. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram or you can email me at beaconsofbravery at gmail.com. I hope something that you heard today will help you go out and live a more joy-filled, inspired life. Don't keep playing it safe. Be brave today. And of course, a huge shout out to Steve Denny for providing the music for this podcast.